Hello and welcome to the Therapist Marketing Podcast with me, Rosie Pearcy, DC. I'm a chiropractor and clinic director and a practice builder. And on the Therapist Marketing Podcast, we look at all aspects of practice building to help you build the practice of your dreams. I hope you're well today as you're listening to this. It's a rather wet and rainy, rainy Wednesday morning as I record this. But today we're going to talk about social media and how we use that as therapists, as clinic owners to build our practice. Now, this is a question I'm asked a lot in my practice builders community or that people seem to to worry a lot about is how do I use social media? What do I do? How much do I say? How much should I post? What do I even post? Um, what do I do with it? That's what people seem to, to really want to know. And so that's what we're going to go into today. So first of all, what I want to talk about is why do we use social media? Why are we using social media to build our clinics? So I think it's almost important, first of all, to think about what we're not using it for. So with social media, it's really easy to get hung up on what's called the vanity figures, so the number of followers and things like that, because particularly what we're looking for in our kind of area of work is quality over quantity. So we're using social media to tell people that we exist, to build our brand, to to show our expertise. So we may only really want a very small part of the world, if you like, to know we exist. Obviously, it'd be wonderful if the world knew we exist, but for many of us, if we're offering face-to-face appointments, then we may only be looking at a maybe a 20-mile radius of, of people that will come and visit us or come to our clinics, maybe a little bit more. So whether you've got followers all over the world is really not that important because we're not selling products that we can put in a post. Obviously, if you're doing online therapy or you know telehealth appointments, that's slightly different. But most of it is we want to know people in the local community know we exist and know that we're good at what we do. So that's one thing I want you to hold in your head as we're talking about this. And also that social media, I kind of feel, as should be used as part of a plan to market your clinic. It shouldn't be the be-all and end-all and throughout the podcast episodes we will talk about other aspects of the plan on other days but that's the two things I want to remember it's not all about a number of followers and um, it's only part of your marketing plan right so now we've got that kind of in the back of our minds sitting there nicely what we want to talk about now is why we do use it so the first one is to kind of get people to know that you exist. Now, if you're a clinic that's been in practice for 20, 30 years, then you may well be very well known in your local area. But if you're a relatively new practice, then nobody may know you exist at all. And that's one way that social media can help you. Because if you start posting on Facebook or Instagram or whichever channel you particularly like, and we'll go into that more in a moment, then you could, people in the local area will start to know about you, particularly if you start to comment and like and talk to other people's social media um, channels or accounts. So, for instance, you may not... Um, I'm not necessarily talking about other people in healthcare, I'm just talking about anyone. So if there is a clothes shop with a brilliant following near you that's just on your local high street or, a, I don't know, a cheese shop or somewhere that is quite popular, has good following, then start commenting and liking on their stuff because they'll, then, then people start to see, oh, who is this person? They might go and check you out and then they'll know you exist. And they might start liking and following you. And that's kind of how it works. That's one reason that we're using it, is to, to, um, to get people to know that we, we exist. The second reason is um, to show our expertise. So part of what we can social media is really great for is we can use videos or text posts or pictures to show that we really know what we're talking about. 
Now that can be, for me, um, as a chiropractor, can be showing and demonstrating exercises, can be talking about posture advice. If you're a podiatrist, maybe you'd be looking at what a healthy foot looks like, what an un unhealthy foot likes, looks like. But lots of things that you can show um, what you do and that you know what you're talking about. Now you may feel like, why do I want to show people how to do things? They won't need to come and see me. But almost the exact opposite works. If you... Um, suddenly do a post on desk posture and I've done quite a lot of those because it's quite apt at the moment with more people working from home if you do a posture about how to set up your desk and how to have great desk posture then people would maybe change their, their laptop settings change their desktop, desktop, desktop setup and go oh my gosh that really worked that person is amazing what they told me on the internet has solved some of my problems gosh if I really went to see about that, that neck pain that I still have that might be, they're going to be amazing. So that's the thing. It's not what you're giving away for free. You're showing what you can do for free so that what they do, what you do for them in person is even better. So it's a really good way of, of showing what you can do. The next way to think about it is no like, what's called no like and trust. So this is a big term in marketing anyway, is getting people to, because people buy from businesses or buy from people, not from businesses. So if you were looking for, I don't know, say a podiatrist, and you didn't know who you were going to go to. If you could watch someone's social media channel and see that they posted lots of things, and maybe there's a few videos of them so you could get to see how they talk and how they move, and if you liked the other posts that they picked up, then they get to, so someone's got to know that person. And then they like you, so they watch you more, so they get to trust you. So you've got that know, like, and trust. And then when they, then they're going to more likely to choose you than just looking at someone's website, which has got nothing about them. Because they feel like they already know the other person, because they've watched their social media, they've seen their video, they know how they speak. So that's what it's kind of there for, is to try and build a kind of relationship with a patient before they even walk through the door. So they already feel like they know you slightly, and that helps build a good relationship. So that's another reason to do that. Uh, the third sort of reason is um, getting people onto your website. So if you're having a post, then you can have links back to your website. So you could put, I don't know, the first paragraph of your blog in a post. To read more, visit my website. You can put one video up and of, say, some stretches for your upper back and say, for more upper back stretches, then please go to my website. Once people are on your website, they're more likely to have a look around there and perhaps more likely to book an appointment and they can see and learn more about you. So it's a good way to, to get people to your website. It's also a good way to see if your social media is working. If you go to your Google Analytics and you can see for, say, maybe 15 or 20% of your traffic to your website is coming from your social media, then you know that that is well worth using, that people are that, that, that people are, it's working, you know, because that's one of the things we want to do. Now, people may not like you, they may not, they may not follow you, they may not click like on your post, but they may just click across to your website and they may then book an appointment. And that's far more important than actually liking the post, because we want what we want is not to, you know, our aim of our social media game is not to work out, is not to get millions of followers, but to get people into our clinics. So that's the name of the social media game, if you like. Um, and finally, word of mouth. If you can get reviews on Facebook or get people to comment on your posts and say, wow, they're amazing. You know, if you put some about top three tips of how to treat headaches and someone says, I don't know, Rosie treated my headaches and she's amazing, then that's much better than someone just telling their next door neighbour. That's someone telling the world, essentially, that you're brilliant. So that's another way that you can use it is word of, is to help create word of mouth referrals for you in that way. And, it's, and although that may not happen that often because it really is 
putting your head above a parapet to say this person's great when it does happen people will take that seriously because they can see that this, that person's so pleased with you they're happy to say on facebook that you're great and i think that's another thing to remember with social media is although people do like and comment on lots and lots of things and follow people because we're doing health things people may not want their friends to know that they're seeing a chiropractor or they're seeing a podiatrist or you know because they might be really ashamed of their yucky feet or their funny back or what have you so they may not want to like and comment on or follow us because they don't want other people to know that they're using our services and although for us that may not be like why would you even care about that kind of thing it may be important for that person and particularly if you're doing talking therapy people may not want to really follow you or like you because they don't want people to know that they're having therapy so that's one thing to always consider is it may feel like you're just putting stuff out there and it's tumbleweed but in a way as long as you're you're providing good quality content and you can see that it's working through google analytics or through just a boost in the number of people that are booking then it's still worth doing and even if those weren't hugely obvious the the, the building with no like and trust is very important. And I would also say at this point, if you're not going to do social media, if you're going to not do it, and that's okay, that is a choice. You don't have to do it. Like the world will not end if you don't do social media as long as you have something else to take its place. But if you're not going to do it, then take the icons off your website. Because in my view, there is nothing worse than going on someone's website and going, oh, they've got a Facebook account, and look into it, and then click on that. And the last post they posted was two years ago. And then you're like, oh, well, that's two years ago. Are they still there? Are they still working? Is this website new? Is it... it starts to build doubt in patients' minds. And the last thing we want is to build doubt. So if you're not going to post, don't just take it off your website so you can't possibly have that doubt or confusion in patients' minds. Right, so that's why we're using it. We're now going to look at the sort of what I'm calling my five-step plan because I do like to have a plan about why we're doing, um, why, how to start using social media. So the first one is choose your channels. Now there are lots of social media channels. So you know we've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest. Um, Clubhouse is a new one, TikTok. I've probably missed a few, but there's there's quite a lot of them. Now, just saying, just hearing that list may make you feel a little bit overwhelmed. So what I want to say to you is don't do it all. Unless you've got like a whole team of social media people helping you, don't do it all. Choose your channels. And the way to do that is to decide, okay, um, what are you? What are the channels do you like using? If you love Facebook or if you love Twitter, start with the one that you use because you'll be more used to it anyway, so it'll seem less alien and you'll feel more comfortable posting on it. So that's the first. So find which ones you like and maybe just pick one or two. So maybe just Facebook or maybe just Instagram. I mean, for instance, I don't post to Twitter. Um, I don't really get on with Twitter. I don't like it as much. And you have to interact a lot on Twitter for it to work. So I just decided I wasn't going to bother. We don't even auto-post, and I'll talk about auto-posting later, I don't even auto-post to Twitter. So we do Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, we put things on Google My Business, and we tend to put videos onto YouTube. So that's generally the ones that, that, we, that we use. Um, but just start with whatever you feel most comfortable. But the second question to ask, and hopefully these, these two questions will have the same answer, it's which social media channels do you think your patients are going to use? So you can ask perhaps the patients you have already, do you use social media, what do you use? 
and then you want to be there. If that's the kind, if you have a patient who is your ideal patient and you would like hundreds of that kind of patient, then go to the social media channels they're on. Now, hopefully that'll be the same as the ones that you like. So it might be Facebook. If everyone, if all of your patients are on Twitter, then you should go be on Twitter. But if all of your patients are on Facebook or Instagram, then you should go and be on Facebook and Instagram. So that's the way to think about it because there's no point spending time doing social media if you're talking to a channel where no one that you want to come into your clinic is listening. So that's the two most important steps to start with is which channel do I want like to choose myself? And which one do I think my patients are going to be on? The next bit, and this is what I feel is people really struggle with, is finding your voice. So what what I mean by this is that people often don't know what to say and they're scared about saying anything because it is going out into the world and they're worried about maybe upsetting people, maybe causing some problems, maybe getting trolled they're just worried or about what other other people in the same industry will think about what they've said. So what I generally say is find your voice and that is to talk as yourself, not anyone else. It's very tempting to look at other people's social media accounts to see what they're doing and try and copy it. Now there's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from other accounts, but it's more finding how you talk. Now the most easiest way to find that is how do you speak to your patients? Are there phrases that you say to your patients a lot? So one of my phrases, for instance, is sit less, move more. I say that a lot. And now that on its own is a social media graphic. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. You could perhaps make a video of it. If you want to get into reels and all that kind of stuff on Instagram, then you could do lots of things with just that one phrase. But that's very much my voice. Is that something I would say? Um, Another post that I've got going out at the moment is never, ever use your laptop on your lap because it's really bad for your neck, as we all know. But again, so it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, bre- groundbreaking or anything like that. It's just what you would say to your patients. And if you start talking in that voice, you'll feel more comfortable because it's you. And that's really important. It's also important because if you're talking in your voice, then the people that you, you attract by that social media will be, be attracted to what you're saying and how you speak. If you're pretending to be someone else on social media, and then they come and see you, you'll be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, you're not that person. You don't actually speak like that, or you don't say those words, or you don't do those things. So it's again that no like and trust is the more that you are like yourself, the easier it is. And that does take time. It just takes time to find find your voice. But just start off small with things that don't scare you or don't make you worry. Because it shouldn't really be something to worry about. It should just be putting your advice out there. And if there's anything you're really not sure about, just don't put it out. Maybe do it in a week's time or a month's time when you feel more confident. And you will build confidence as you do it. So I do quite a lot, well, of Facebook Lives, um, generally on most of my channels. And that doesn't faze me at all. But when I first started, it was terrifying. But now I'm not terrified, I just do it. But again, for thought of a lot of people of recording a video, either live or pre-recorded and put it on social media, is really scary. But as you get more used to it, you'll get you'll get less scared and less bothered by it. So don't push yourself, don't press yourself. Just start with something that you feel really comfortable with, and then it will build naturally. And just try not to overthink it. You know, if you're anything like me, overthinking is something you could do till the cows came home. But just relax and start simple and small. So the next step, which leads nicely into this, is um, setting your boundaries. 
Now by that, I mean, what are you going to put out there in social, in social media world? So again, if we look at lots of Instagrammers or things like, particularly Instagram, I guess, people put their entire life out there. Now, you may not want to, as a, as a professional healthcare practitioner, as a clinic owner, as a therapist, you may not want to put your entire life out there. I know that I don't. You want to keep things personal away from patients because you don't want perhaps your patient talking about things that happened in your social life or your personal life in your treatment room. So make sure, first of all, that your personal page or your private profile is locked down so no one can see it. Um, and then you want to work out what you want to talk about. Now, there is I have got a free download, a free workbook, which I'll put in the show notes. And I've got a whole tick list of things that you can go through to think about. But it's things like, are you going to talk about your your just your expertise? So if a chiropractor, am I just going to talk about chiropractic and spinal health? Or am I going to talk about things like general health care, uh, like, I don't know, nutrition or sleep or stress? Even though that's not my real, it's not necessarily my my expertise is an area I feel I can talk about. What, am I going to talk about just what, I, what, I can, what I'm qualified in? Or am I going to talk about areas that circle around that that I find that are conversations I have with my patients? What kind of pictures am I going to take? Am I going to have my face in them? Am I going to have the other cl- members of my clinic team in the pictures? Um, is it going to be just front half of the clinic, if you like? Or are we going to show behind the scenes in the staff room? Lots of things like that. And it may sound like it's being a bit pernickety, but when you've thought about this, it makes it easier because you haven't then on the day got to decide what you're going to take a picture of because you already know that that's definitely something you're not going to do or that definitely is. And then you also want to talk, think about, you know, your family life. Are you going to bring your children into this or your partner or is it just you? And there's no right or wrong necessarily on this. I mean, I don't put my children in my social media posts. They're not really on social media. We don't have them on social media. But... Um, but that's my personal decision and I know other people do and that's fine. There's no right or wrong. It's just what you feel comfortable with. And once you've kind of framed your boundaries, it makes it much easier to know what you do want to post and what you don't want to post rather than trying to make a decision as you go along. So, um, so that's the next stage to think about. So now that we've worked out our channels, that we've, um, we've worked out what, what our voice is going to be like and we've set our boundaries, we can now think about how often we're going to post and things like this. So my phrase for this is commit to small, grow to big. Don't try and put out like five social media posts across four channels and several stories. Don't be that, let that be your starting point. Because again, unless you've got a team who's running it behind you, that will be just lead to overwhelm and stress if it's something you've not done much of. So for me, for instance, I have... Um, free accounts if you like so I have at Total Chiro UK which is my chiropractic account I have at Total Health West Berkshire which is my my clinic my bigger multidisciplinary clinic account and I have um at Rosie Pierce DC which is my practice building um handle so of course you're welcome to follow me on any of those channels now but I have my, my, my clinic manager does a lot of posting for me so I tend to make up the, the what we're going to put out and then she tends to post but if I had decided that's what that was my starting point, sort of like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, my brain would have exploded. This is something I've worked up to over a number of years. And so don't. So what I'm trying to say is don't try and do too much at once. So when I started with just at Total Cairo UK, I was posting maybe once or twice a week. And that's all I did. 
and then as I got happier with it, it the whole process came slicker I knew what I was going to do I started doing more as I opened my clinic we got another social media handle so we could have a separate it be separate more separate um, promoting of other therapists who are in the clinic and then as I when I opened the practice builders community and started doing this and I got another social media handle so it's been a very organic process so what I was as we suggested just start with one or two channels and maybe just commit to posting for one to two times a week and that could be something like a nice picture with some text underneath about something to do with that picture. So it might be posture, it might be foot health, it might be mental health, anything you like. And a second picture might be something around the clinic. You know, a picture of you and your PPE would be very apt at the moment. A picture of something to do with keeping the clinic clean and the protocols clean or, you know, or your clinic, that kind of stuff. And just do that regularly. Do post a day, preferably on the same day each week or the same two days each week. And that shows consistency, and that is really important for people looking at your channel. Remember earlier in the podcast, we were talking about people coming to your website and clicking on your Facebook um, link from your website and looking at your Facebook channel. Now, as we said before, if there's nothing on there, people are going to be like, what? What's going on? But if they look and go, oh, look, they post every couple of days, every few, two, you know, they're posting twice a week, and this is what they've got on oh, their information is really useful then that builds, that, that is like a tick box in someone's mind that they do what they say they're going to do. If they look at your social media channel and you've posted tons and then you've posted none and tons and none and tons and none, then it's like, oh, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit, oh, I'm not sure. It, again, it, it breeds that mistrust. And it's not like, it may not even be a conscious thought in the patient's head. It's something that sits back there that they're not really sure about and they won't know why. So that's why having something small on one channel is better than being inconsistent and blotchy on lots of channels. So that's what I would suggest you start with. And if you want to start doing um, videos, you can pop those in, you know, either live or pre-recorded. If you wanted to, um, you could start, one of your posts could be a link to another businesses, you know, another local, perhaps independent businesses post as a kind of sharing and, and because that's part of social media is it's supposed to be social so interacting and sharing people's posts really helps um so to help you in the um the workbook that i talked about earlier there is like a 30-day social media scheduler to give you an idea now again that is a post every day so it might be too much to start with so you might want to pick some of them but the idea is that you could sit down with a cup of tea and fill out that 30-day social media planner in an hour probably in less than an hour, probably in 20 minutes if you really sat and focused on it. And that will then um, give you an idea of what you can do for the next 30 days. And then either you can start putting them out or perhaps your um, reception team can post them. And then that means you don't actually have to do it. You know, you've done your bit. And this is how I run my my total chiropractic and total health um, channels. Is uh, So at the moment, what are we? We're in February. So I'm writing March and April's social media calendar at the moment. It probably takes me two hours over a couple of days, you know, because I rarely have two hour blocks. So I might do 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And then what I do is that's in a, a Google Sheets document. And then Sharon, my clinic manager, she posts it. So she may not post it all at once. She might post it two weeks in advance, but that's how we do it. And then we add sort of on the day content, which I'll talk about in a moment, on top of that as we need to. 
So that then isn't massively time consuming. It's bits and bobs here and, here and there. And if you don't have reception staff, you could think about a virtual assistant for this. And if you don't have the budget at that, then if you post a week in advance on one channel, that really won't take you long. And you could do that all in Facebook or all in Instagram. Um, and then it, then it means that you could sit down on a Monday evening and in half an hour have that week's social media post scheduled. It's just working out your, your process, if you like, and when you're going to do it. And that makes it all a lot easier. So that brings us nicely onto kind of my final point, which is schedule when you can. So, um, so this is where scheduling can really help. Now, Facebook and Instagram have kind of um, schedulers set into them. And so you can native, that's the word I was trying to find, native scheduling. So you can schedule on them. So you can put a load of posts up and they'll go out on the day you tell them to. So if you're only using one channel, that's probably the best way to do it. And then the um, other, so you, you can use those, or you can get a kind of bigger packet, bigger software thing, such as like Hootsuite, a lot of people have heard of. We use Buffer, um, and there's lots and lots of other ones out there um, to schedule to more than one account at once. Now, maybe sometimes with, with sort of social media algorithms, they don't do quite as well if you've scheduled it um, rather than posting on the day. But it's a good place to start and it means it's less stressful on the day as you're doing it because there's nothing worse than trying to keep up with it on the day and I've gone through phases where I've tried that and it fails miserably because you suddenly get to four o'clock in the afternoon you've got two more patients to see and then I've got to leave to pick up the kids and I have to put my social media post out that day it's too stressful don't do it to yourself so you know scheduling saves you time it saves you stress and it just makes you feel more organised and it helps keep you to that consistency that we've spoken about several times. So scheduling can really, really help. But I'll say that then it is also good to do some sort of on the day posts. And, and that's where you're sharing the other things come on. So I tend to use stories um, on Instagram to do sort of some on the day um posting so i might take a picture because because total health is is up a little track and it looks quite pretty so i often take pictures of the clinic what the weather's like you know either in the evening or the morning um one of the best engagements we ever got was when a butterfly flew into clinic and sat on something we took a picture of it and people loved it there's horses near the clinic and people tend to love the pictures of that so that those kind of things are ones i'd post on the day um, and also I tend to go live once a week um, on my Total Chiropractic channel um, talking about some sort of advice. So those things really do help build a bit more engagement on the day. And you may be sitting there thinking, what on earth has a picture of a butterfly got to do with chiropractic? Well, nothing. But part of social media is showing the human side of, of you and your clinic, which is why we have the boundaries so you can show exactly how much the human side of you that you want. But part of using social media shows your um, patients what you're like and what you find interesting other than the thing that you do as your profession. And that makes people more likely to know you, like you and trust you. So it all comes back in that same circle. So by putting things like that, you build engagement. And if people like that post, then they will, they're going to see your feed. The algorithm picks up on the fact that they've seen that and liked it, and then they're going to... Facebook will show them or Instagram will show them your feed more for two weeks. 
So although those posts may seem frivolous, they're doing two things. They're showing people what you're like and a bit more personality, a bit more fun side of the clinic. And secondly, what they can call engagement posts are more likely to make sure people engage and therefore showed your algorithm, showed you your feed more in the algorithm. The other type of engagement is passive engagement, which is where people don't touch your post, but they might just read it and they hover over it. Facebook and Instagram know that as well. And again, they will be showing your feed more for the next couple of couple of weeks. So that's why we don't always worry about likes and comments and stuff, because passive engagement works as well as active engagement. Excellent. So I hope you found that helpful. I hope you now feel a bit more confident as to why we're using it, how to start, how to find your voice, how to set your boundaries, how to commit so that it's you know, to commit to a little bit and grow up, grow big as you need to. But you may never need to get bigger than two posts a week. That across maybe one or two channels, you know, that may be all you need to do. And perhaps a post on Google My Business because anything to do with Google is worth doing. And then scheduling when you are to make life easier for you. But remember, social media is part of a over, is a part of a plan. It's part of a little piece of your marketing puzzle so a lot of people get very hung up on it, but try not to. Try and see it as just a piece in the puzzle rather than everything to do with the puzzle, if that makes sense. Excellent. So do um, download the workbook. Um, it's called Getting Started with Social Media. It's um, The link will be in the show notes. And if you're not already a member of my Practice Builders community, then do join that as well. Up Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope you have a lovely um, rest of the day and thanks ever so much for listening. Bye-bye.